Welcome to Sober Soapbox with Shanti, where we're going to talk recovery, healing and transformation and how that influences and affects daily life. If I think it, I'm going to say it and we're going to talk openly about it. So hello and welcome back and I cannot believe that we are already on episode 7 of the season and as I said in the beginning of the season, every now and again I'll just be answering a few questions that have been sent through to me. Um, so about these questions specifically have been about the latest episodes that I've been doing. I must say I honestly love getting your messages and emails and although I know I don't get to all of them on here, you know I obviously do respond to everything with the best advice that I can, and it is always from my own personal experiences. Most of the messages I do get through are congratulatory for myself and letting me know how far along people are in their healing stages or sober journeys and how their journeys have been going. And it really makes me happy to hear how lives have changed and how listening to my episodes have touched them and they can't wait for the following week. And that's very inspiring for me. I love that by doing this, I've been able to heal and help anybody at the same time, even if it's in the smallest way. I really feel like my life this year has taken course in an amazing direction that I just can't be more grateful for. It ended last year and started this year as possibly the worst year of my life where I had no idea what was going to happen with me for a while. Uh, It has been so good to find myself after being so lost for longer than I knew and that I'd realized and I was feeling unredeemable and at my lowest and that I've come back to the strong, incredible person that I've always been and more now is just uh, got a lot to do with this podcast. Um, So if you ever feel like you're not enough, believe me, you are. There is someone that loves you and you do make a difference in someone's life. I was at the bottom just 10 months ago and while I still have my troubles, I feel like I couldn't be in a better place. So never give up hope. I always find it incredible also to see how far-reaching this podcast is. The program I use breaks down each episode by country and area it is listened in and how many people have listened and downloaded it. My biggest reach is the States and the UK, but it's always nice to see when I have new places pop up or to be able to see when my sister and her hubby have listened, when I see two pop up from the Cayman Islands or when I see my hometown in South Africa pop up. But honestly, I never dreamed it would be reaching all corners, no matter how small, and I'm just grateful that people are connecting and listening. So let's get to the questions for today. We've got Cara from LA. You talk a lot about self-love in your episodes. This is something I really battle with because I don't feel good enough. How do you start loving yourself if you can't find anything you feel good about? I just can't seem to embrace my flaws and imperfections no matter how hard I try. Thank you for that question, Cara. You know, this is such a personal journey that we walk. It's difficult to say what worked for me will work for you. I think firstly, it's one that requires patience, a ton of self-reflection and consistent effort. In, in the beginning for me, my meetings were amazing. It was the support I needed to hear and feel to understand that I wasn't alone. I also went to therapy, so that helped me to understand a lot about myself. And there was a lot of guidance and tools that were given to me to help me. I know that for me personally, I battle with negative self-talk. I have trained my brain now to challenge that as soon as that it starts to replace it with positive affirming thoughts. And I constantly remind myself of my worth and my value. And this has now become habit. 
Self-care is not selfish. It's a must. You need to engage in activities that bring you joy. Don't be afraid to try new things. Practice healthy habits and make time for relaxation and self-reflection. You have to, have to, have to set healthy boundaries in the beginning, even if it means going off the grid. Say no to things and people that drain your energy that you know would otherwise compromise your well-being. You need to trust your intuition. You need to trust those little red flags when they tell you that my nervous system doesn't feel calm around this. You need to stay away from the people that do that to you. Your body's telling you there's a reason that you don't want to be in that situation. You need to do whatever it takes to protect your emotional and physical space. You need to surround yourself with positive influences, with people who support and uplift you. You need to seek out relationships and friendships that are healthy and nurturing. A personal favorite of mine is gratitude. You need to focus on things you appreciate about yourself and your life. Express gratitude for your strengths, your accomplishments, and all the positive aspects of your life. This one took me a bit to to fully get because of outside factors hampering my recovery but self-acceptance is a huge one accepting yourself as you are which means including your flaws and imperfections recognizing that nobody is perfect self-love involves embracing your whole self another important one is engaging in daily self-reflection take time to reflect on your values your goals and your desires, understand what truly matters to you, and align your actions and choices with your authentic self. So you need to practice self-compassion, challenge negative self-talk, prioritize that self-care, set healthy boundaries, surround yourself with positive influences, practice gratitude, embrace self-acceptance, and engage in self-reflection. At the end of the day, self-love is a continuous process and it may take time to fully embrace and love yourself, but you just need to be patient and kind to yourself as you navigate your own journey. Next question from Natalie in Scotland. It really sounds like you're managing to keep it all together. Are there things you don't talk about and what is something that you struggle with daily? So this is exactly what I was talking about in my social media episode, how we can get a skewed visual of a reality, because I guess we only allow you to see what you see or hear what you hear. Obviously, my podcast is trying to be uplifting, and I'm talking about how I'm navigating life through these new sober eyes. So I take daily situations I come across and talk about those, but behind it all, I'm still wife, mother, and friend to people, and I have all that happening in the background simultaneously. I do still get overwhelmed by being overloaded with life sometimes. The difference now is by practicing everything that I'm preaching, I'm using all these amazing tools at my disposal to navigate life better with a clear mind. So even though I do have problems and I do have bad days, I don't unpack and live there in the bad anymore, and I don't allow it to take up in my mind anymore. When something bad happens or I hear something about myself now these days, I say, shame, why is this person having that reaction to me? They need to do some work on themselves. If it's something that triggers me and I start having a reaction to it, it means that I need to work on myself and find out why it's upsetting me. It's something in me that I need to sort out. So I found in the beginning I was wasting valuable time worrying about things that were out of my control. I didn't see it then, but I now realize that it had less to do with me. 
I cannot control what other people see. I cannot control what other people think. And they're going to think it without me trying to control it. So I needed to just let it go. You cannot let somebody else's insecurities rub off on you or you'll be a mess because there are so many damaged people out there that are not willing to work on themselves. The only thing you can do is work on yourself. So, and how to navigate these situations. So you really do need to compartmentalize everything that happens in your life and look at it realistically and not emotionally, which we tend to do more often than not. There are definitely things I don't talk about. I hardly talk about my marriage or my husband, except that with Adam, I would not be standing here today. And I I don't talk about my kids unless it's something they've said that I want to bring up. I'm not a marriage counselor and that's not something I want to get into. My family and my family units are my rock and safe space, and I never want to invite negativity into that. So I keep it as my sober journey and experiences I live through. I don't have anything I battle with daily at the moment, and when I do, I deal with it straight on and don't let it fester, no matter the outcome. I read I read something the other day that said, um, if it's still on your mind in 24 hours, sort it out before 48 hours. Um, so yeah, if even if it's I know it's something that I don't, it's something that I'm not going to want to hear. It doesn't matter. I still need to put it to bed. So something I couldn't do in the past, I would just ignore it completely. And I found that was a very big problem in my mind because then I would overthink and it would lead me to scenarios that were so completely untrue. That had a lot to obviously being you know caught in my own mind of drinking and that chaotic mind. Just taking that away and being able to see things realistically now has helped me so much. I don't see anything as a loss anymore. I see it as a lesson to learn and that we're all where we are meant to be by our higher powers, Grace. If I have to be honest, something I battle with regularly is fakeness. I see it every day on Facebook and Instagram and I try my hardest to stay off social media because of this. It makes me sad because it's the norm now and this falseness has overflowed into daily life for people. Too much information at our disposal, which changes our views, the revolting cancel culture and pack mentality if enough people get on a momentum of hate towards a person. Let's not even go into people believing everything they see on Facebook. Nobody being allowed to have an opinion. Friends deleting you. The list goes on. I just feel like we've lost so much good because of it. It's become about, look at me, look at what I have, look where I am, look who I'm with. I feel like we've lost our ability to just be present in the moment. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the old me, pre-technology fucking coming out, thinking about the days of landlines and staying outside till dark and that was the alarm you needed to get home. But this is something that just makes me sad and something that probably takes up a bit more of my time than it should Um But yeah, I think that's about it. That's something that I would think about on a regular basis. And it's most probably something, it's a battle that you can't fight. You just need to learn to manage that as best as you can, because obviously I have spoken about it in one of my episodes and it is always going to be there. So that is something that you just, we're going to have to learn to navigate. Um, Yeah, other than that, nothing much. Okay, next question, Freya, Germany. Do you still battle with the alcohol cravings? Short answer is no. Although I know this is complex, is a complex and ongoing process, I seem to be quite at ease with being around people who drink and having alcohol in my house. 
I've adopted so many new healthier lifestyle options and I basically live and breathe sober. And the positives that have come from stopping alcohol for my mental health alone have been incredible. And I don't see myself going back there. I have a strong support system through family, friends and my fellowship that provide encouragement, accountability and support. It seems the more I distanced myself from it, the intensity and frequency of cravings decreased for me until I didn't even think about it anymore and I don't. At the moment, I'm currently studying, which keeps me very busy and it's something I don't want to fail. So I know I wouldn't go near the thought of even having a drink just is a no-no. The most important things for me would be my lifestyle changes, like my regular exercise, I try to keep a good diet. I have stress management techniques that I use, like my recovery techniques, and I think that it positively impacts my cravings and engaging in activities that promote physical and mental well-being, I think can really reduce the desire for alcohol as well. I think as long as I stay on top of all these things, I feel good without it. And I never forget how shit my life was with alcohol in in it and what it stole from me. I've also done so much research into what it does to the body. It causes seven different types of cancer. We should be scared of this stuff. You know, it's literally poison. But, you know, it's a choice that I'm embracing more and more each day to be so happy that it is actually not in my life anymore. And second to last question, Luke from London asked, I'm currently in the amends process and I haven't heard you speak about this much except in the second episode. How many have you done and how were they received? Now, this is a great question. It was one that I oohed and odd about putting in, but um, I think it's always the tough ones that are the good ones. So to be completely honest with you, Luke, I'm not fully immersed in the amends process and that's most probably why I don't talk about it a lot when I talk about amends. When I do talk about making amends, it's from my personal side um, when I mention that story. So it's not like your 12-step program amends that for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it's a fundamental aspect of recovery in programs like AA and other 12-step programs, which involves making amends or reparations for past wrongs or harm caused to others as a result of one's addiction or behavior. And the process will typically follow steps of self-reflection, making a list of people you've harmed, including family members, friends or colleagues, or anyone else that's affected. And willingness is one of the big things about amends. You need to take responsibility for your past actions, but it has to be a genuine willingness. It's way more involved than that, and I'm not going to fully get into it. Amends are meant to be done under the guidance of a sponsor or a therapist or within the framework of the recovery program. It's all about continued self-improvement, and the amends process is always ongoing, and it's about individuals in recovery striving to maintain their sobriety and continuing to work on their personal growth and development. And this includes avoiding repeating past mistakes and making amends promptly if new harm is caused. So I apply this way of doing things to my daily life and in everything that I do from now and make sure that I correct something immediately if it's wrong from now. So to answer your question, I have made personal amends twice so far uh, to people that I felt was necessary for now that I needed to answer. Um, One was received really well and our relationship is thriving and the other was acknowledged and that was it and that's where it's been left at. I find that if you 
let ego and pride and put it let it go and put it aside and are completely honest that's as much as you can do and it's not with you anymore you hand it over you've let it go and you need to know you've done your best um it felt good for me doing it because it came from my heart and it was honest and it was open and it was all my truths but what happens once you give it over you don't have any control over that so it's very freeing. It's very liberating. Um, I have been, I'm skeptical about going all out with amends as in, ugh, how do I explain this? Because had I been doing amends at the beginning of my journey, I think I would have been falsely apologizing all over the place because I didn't know where my head was at. Although I'm sure if I'd been under a sponsor, I would have been guided well. But I still think I would have chosen wrong because I look back now with my clear mind and I see things so differently. It says you need a genuine willingness to make amends. And there's a lot of people I do not have a genuine willingness to make up with and I will never have one. It doesn't mean because I realized that I had a problem with alcohol and chose to correct my ways that I'm suddenly now the bad person and everything and I need to become all kumbaya because that's not the case at all. I was still an amazing person with a good heart and there were people I called friends that did me a dirty and dropped me and judged me when I needed them the most. And those are definitely not people I want to surround myself with going forward. So it's it's I've had time to see the true colors of people. I've made amends where I feel they were needed and necessary. Um, so the only thing I can really suggest to you doing your men's to do it under your guidance um, of of a counselor or your your sponsor. So that would be the best, best advice I'd give you. And just always be honest and open. It's not really something I can talk too much on. And I think you just have to leave it where it's at once you've done it. And you may not get the desired outcome that you want, but at least you've done it and you can be proud of yourself. I think I'm proud of anyone that takes on doing amends because it's a very hard place to dig deep from. And you really have to give your authentic, honest self. And it's up to the other person if they want to accept it. That's their prerogative. But hand it over and let it go because that in itself is very freeing as well. So I think I chatted for a bit long on some of those, especially the last one on the amends. Um, but I just want you to know that I do love receiving your messages and, you know, I do reply to everything and love being able to put a few out there every now and again so that we can discuss them. I want to end with a really beautiful message from Stacy in Perth. Stacy wrote, I loved your episode on gratitude and have been practicing this every day. It really struck a chord with me and I felt like nothing else was working and I was always so negative about everything. And I feel like this has changed my outlook and how I choose to see things. I have been doing it for a month now and I can feel a difference in my life. I just wanted to say thank you and I love listening to you. Well, Stacey, thank you so much is all I can say. I was so scared when I started this podcast. I was so doubtful about everything and even wanted to pull the plug on it. And I had a really good friend say to me, what do you have to lose by doing this? It's all about your struggle and finding yourself. It's all positive about how far you've come. And I also had to remind myself that when I started doing this, it wasn't about trying to be popular or trying to be something I'm not or trying to be anything like that. It was solely about even if I helped one person and I keep on taking myself back to that because when I get messages like yours Stacey then I know that I'm on the right path and I know that what 
I'm doing is the right thing. And I know that recovering out loudly is worth something, not only to me, but to other people as well. So I'm forever grateful. And I thank you because I'm still on this journey daily and I'm still learning every single day. So thank you for listening to me chat about life. And yes, I will be here next week again, same time, same place. As always, feel free to share your stories or send your questions and thoughts through via email. We'll be happy to chat about them or answer any questions. You can connect with me on Instagram at Sober Soapbox, and you can use my link tree to subscribe, connect, or email. Or you can email me directly on SoberSoapbox at Yahoo.com. Views expressed in this podcast do not constitute advice or services. The thoughts and opinions are mine solely and should not be substituted as professional or medical advice.